The Women's Health Project is produced on Gadigal land as well as other parts of Australia. In the spirit of reconciliation, Women's Agenda acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respect to their elders past, present and future and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. When we were at university, they didn't really delve into pelvic health. So it was more of like a postgraduate type of learning. So what I did was I went ahead and did a lot of postgraduate women's health sort of training. And through that journey of learning about pelvic health, I learned, oh my God, like I have all these issues. I have bladder pain issues. I have bowel issues, constipation issues. I ended up getting diagnosed with endometriosis as well. And I think if I hadn't had that original injury to my pelvis, I would never have fallen into pelvic health physio and I would never have even gone through this entire journey. That there is Heba Shahid, a pelvic floor physio who has dedicated her career to raising awareness of the powerful sack of muscles that do everything from supporting our pelvic organs and a baby in a placenta during pregnancy to aiding orgasms, to keeping our bladders from leaking, supporting our lower backs, among many other things. And yet women and girls are not taught a huge amount about this area. We don't always know our full options for getting support and can end up going on for years with pain, embarrassing leaks and an inability to exercise. My name is Angela Priestley and this is the Women's Health Podcast, a special podcast series created by Women's Agenda and supported by Organon, the recently launched pharmaceutical company dedicated to a better and healthier every day for every woman. Pelvic floor dysfunction can include symptoms like painful sex, prolapse, pelvic or genital pain, back pain, leaking urine and incontinence. It can go on for years, for decades, and it's pain that's carried into older age. You don't have to be or have been pregnant or have had a baby to experience any of these things. Pelvic floor dysfunction and pelvic pain affects women and girls of all ages. Today, we are going to talk about it. Thank you for listening. Before we get into today's topic around pelvic health, I want to talk about the French and their vaginas. In France, pelvic rehabilitation is just part of the postpartum experience and the country enjoys significant overall women's health outcomes as a result. All new mums in France are prescribed 10 free physiotherapy sessions to understand health and strengthen their pelvic floor. In many cases, a physio or specialised professional will even come to your home. Most mothers take up the offer, according to physiotherapists in Paris. It's so normalised that it's scheduled in and thought about just as you'd think about a baby's due date. Women talk about it with their mothers, sisters, friends and grandmothers. Rather than getting straight back to the gym and feeling that pressure to get back to their pre-baby body, new mums in France are advised to avoid exercising until they've completed their pelvic floor and abdominal rehabilitation. And if those 10 sessions aren't enough... These new mothers can go back to their gynaecologist to get a new prescription and continue with another 10. Meanwhile, women can also access 10 sessions of abdominal muscle rehabilitation. The result is that French women have less incontinence, less pelvic floor dysfunction and related issues like pelvic pain, less anxiety and angst around accidentally peeing your pants or not getting to the bathroom in time. We can also talk about how all women up to the age of 25 will get access to free contraception in France from January 1, 2022, but that is a conversation for another time. Because today we are talking about the pelvic floor and how it is such a vital component of what it means to have a healthy, strong and pain-free body. And yet 
why it manages to go ignored to the point that many of us, including plenty of GPs, don't know much, if anything, about pelvic floor and our options for strengthening and supporting this area that don't always include surgery. So enter pelvic physios, an area of physio that many women and girls, as well as healthcare professionals, don't always know is an option, even those who study physiotherapy. Heba Shahid runs The Pelvic Expert. I got to know Heba a number of years ago when we talked pelvic floor for a little over an hour one afternoon for a story I was working on at the time. I was fascinated by the topic and gripped by Heba's enthusiasm and dedication to reaching more women. In our conversation this week for this podcast, she told me about her experiences at university and the one hour that they were taught on women's health in the fourth year with the focus being on incontinence. You know, incontinence is huge in pelvic floor physio, but it's only one small portion of what I do. Like I barely see incontinence patients. Most of the work that I do is more pelvic pain, sexual pain, period pain, birth injuries, pregnancy prep. Like it's not just incontinence. So I didn't realize the breadth and depth of women's health and pelvic floor physio until I actually went in and we did like postgraduate learning through a private company that's called Women's Health Training Associates. So it was only through that that I actually learned, wow, like this is a massive field. And I guess like me being a physio, not even knowing that, if I'm a physio and I don't even know that we treat pelvic floor issues, how can the general public know? Like how do people know? Nobody knows. For me personally, pregnancy was my first foray into learning about the pelvic floor and the exercises I should be doing to try and support myself and prepare for labour. But if I'm honest, I didn't really know what I was doing with those Kegels because exercising your pelvic floor is hard. There is so much going on. It takes a lot of brain power and focus and there is no one single program to follow that will be suitable for every person. Rachel Andrew is another pelvic floor physio, this time based in Hobart, Tasmania. Like Heba, she's incredibly passionate about this area and she wishes that we here in Australia could learn a few more things from the French. If every woman could have a postnatal checkup at about six weeks from a pelvic floor physio, that would be amazing. If they could then have a short course of treatment, so probably three to five visits in the first six months of their postnatal period, that would actually prevent a lot of problems down the track. And a lot of heartache as well, because there's a lot of shame, taboo and guilt about not exercising and confusion about what they can and can't do. And yeah, it gets very confusing in the postnatal period. And to have those set visits would be amazing because then A, you can work on any problems that are happening. And if there aren't any problems, you can guide someone into return to exercise and then check up on them once they have started exercise again. Yeah, I mean, it it does feel like the the post-baby body thing really does focus on trying to return to your post-baby body as fast as possible from a physical and aesthetic point of view. And there are numerous programs out there to help you attempt to achieve that, which can be pretty challenging. But there's not so much that actually acknowledges the fact that there's more recovery that might be required here than just being able to go full into a full-on exercise program. Yeah, it's crazy. No one breaks their leg and then assumes that they can run a marathon 12 weeks later. The pelvic floor muscles stretch to 400% of their capacity when you give birth. 
And thanks to the lack of research, you know, we have no idea what happens to the muscles and nerves and blood vessels around the clitoris. I mentioned to Rachel my own experiences of having no idea what I was doing with my pelvic floor exercises beyond being told by a male doctor at one point to squeeze as if I was holding in a tampon. Months after the birth of my first child and an injury sustained during labour, I was still experiencing pain when walking and wondering if I would ever get back to running. I went to another local GP who said I'd probably need surgery and that I may never be able to run distances again. I went back to my gynaecologist who told me about another option, pelvic floor physio. And so began my own journey learning about the group of muscles and how to actually be aware of them and strengthen them and later realising the run-on impact strengthening can have on improving your symptoms. I returned to exercising and running and then later booked appointments with pelvic floor physios during subsequent pregnancies and following my next two childbirths. But I wondered how many women might never return to exercising after this. How many women go on to experience worsening symptoms and incontinence later in life? And the impact of that on a woman's general health and the overall healthcare system as well. I asked Heber about the idea of surgery as being presented as sometimes the first option to women. She highlighted a stronger need for education, not only for doctors, but education that could start in high school so girls could understand more about their pelvic floors. Definitely there's a lack of awareness and we know that knowledge is power, right? So how can we empower women to even know where to go to heal their bodies if they don't even have that knowledge to begin with, right? When they're going to their GPs, the GPs don't know that pelvic floor physios exist. So then the first line of treatment is to refer them onto a gynecologist. But we know that gynecologists are essentially surgeons, right? So their whole job is surgery. Like what surgery is going to fix this? What surgery is going to fix that? It's like going to see a, you know, a knee specialist. So his whole thing is going to be about surgery for the knees. So it's the same thing here. When you have a pelvic surgeon, essentially, gynecologists or gynecological surgeons, that, that's all they have in their toolbox, right? But we know that with any injury, whether it's a knee injury or a birth injury or a shoulder injury, conservative measures are, and that includes physiotherapy, conservative measures can be just as effective and sometimes more effective and you don't even need surgery. And, you know, it's interesting because, for example, if somebody has a knee injury, the standard of care for a knee injury is that you have a year of physiotherapy for your knee before you even consider surgery for the knees. So we kind of need to apply the same principle to the pelvic floor because it's basically a set of muscles too. Just like the knee is supportive of that area, like the muscles and all that is supportive of the knee, the same thing in the pelvis. The pelvic floor muscles and the hip muscles and the ab muscles and the, the leg muscles and whatever, but the pelvic floor in itself is supportive of the pelvic organs and the pelvic system, right? So it's muscular too. So if we're applying that same principle of doing conservative measures through physiotherapy, you won't ever need to go see a surgeon unless it's like an extreme case. So it's, the research actually shows, for example, with incontinence, if we talk about stress incontinence, 84% of people who have stress urinary incontinence are cured with pelvic floor physiotherapy. So it's that 16% that you then refer them on to surgical measures what do we need to do before even going to like treatment and all that is like we have to just get the knowledge out there we just have to educate people because knowledge is power we have to empower them through education through awareness there are so many options before surgery and there are also so many options before having to experience years of pain and symptoms 
including pelvic floor physio, as well as the use of a pessary, a support device that can lift a prolapse and help during exercise or even during day-to-day activities. Again, many of us don't know this is an option or even how easy it is to use one. I asked Heber again about the consequences of a lack of knowledge, particularly how she got so passionate about sharing this information, which she does so well across her Instagram page and other social media. I feel like there's so many consequences in like a personal level, but even in a relational level and going out into other things. For example, from what you just said, like return to sport and return to exercise. People feel disempowered. They feel afraid. They feel scared to even try, right? Or they're told by their doctors, oh, you can't do this and you can't do that and you can't do this and everything's about what you can't do, not what you can do. Or how do we get you back to being able to do what you want to do, right? So it becomes multifactorial. So mental health definitely gets affected. Like there's a huge rate. We can see the relationship with pelvic floor issues. And for example, if we're talking about the new mum population, pelvic floor dysfunction and mental health issues like postnatal depression, postnatal anxiety. And then the thing is, if you then get postnatal depression or postnatal anxiety or PTSD, if you had a full birth trauma, it's not like it just goes away. Because the things that come along with that is that now I can't run. I can't even go to work and sit at work without feeling like I need to go to the bathroom. I'm so scared that I'm going to wet my pants, for example. Or I've got this lower back pain that just doesn't go away and I can't sit for more than 30 minutes or I can't sit for more than an hour or you know I can't stand and run this meeting or whatever it might be. So it has this effect on everything else, like a domino effect, right? And then relationships, it affects the relationships with your partner. Sex can become painful. Sex can be dry and uncomfortable. Muscles can be torn. Sometimes muscles are weak. Sometimes muscles are too tight, scar tissue. There's so many things like then it affects, you know, affects your sex life, affects your work life, affects your exercise life. And then you're a mum, right? So, you know, it can affect your ability to do mum tasks from whatever issue you have, whether it's pain or loss of bladder control, loss of bowel control, the mental health issues that come along with it, you know. I feel like pelvic floor issues, if you're not even aware that you can fix them, it can be debilitating. Right. And it can affect you in so many aspects of your life. And it's unfair, you know, because so many of these issues can be addressed just by simply seeing a pelvic floor physio. If there's one thing, there's one thing that I would love to see is that every single woman blanket definitely during pregnancy and after giving birth sees a pelvic floor physio, even if you don't have any symptoms, because a lot of the time you can be asymptomatic after birth but then you become symptomatic a year later or five years later or 10 years later or even 30 years later but it goes right back to that childbirth right and if we don't if we're not even talking about mums and pregnant women the pelvic floor issues that are affecting young women young girls as well from period issues and then it doesn't just affect you when you're young it's affecting you the whole way through and if you've got endometriosis and then you've got all these inflammatory conditions they kind of all play off of each other and there's this lack of awareness again of Pelvic floor physio can be so beneficial for these pelvic pain issues. Rachel Andrew is also alarmed at the lack of knowledge of women's anatomy. Like Heber, she spoke about how, while training as a physio, she also didn't learn much about the pelvic floor. She noted some barriers to pelvic physio, including the fact that physios often learn on each other, which can be confronting. In general physio, we're not really taught much about the anatomy of the pelvic floor or how integral it is to the core, the abdominals, breathing, the back, the hips. It's quite crazy, really, that we're not really taught much about it. Women have no idea about their own bodies and 
men have no idea about women's bodies. Like we're not taught about it properly in school. And one of the big reasons is because in sex ed, it's really linked to women's pleasure. So that has actually held back the teaching of anatomy and held back the teaching of proper sex ed. But in reality, what it means is that women actually think their vulva is their vagina and the vulva is the outside part. The vagina is the tube on the inside and we have a deep bowl of muscle that helps support the organs and clothes to keep us continent. Mm. And because women and girls don't fully understand that, they might have a problem there and then they go to the doctor and they say, oh, I've got a tummy ache. And because the doctor's not been taught properly the women's anatomy, they don't think to question further. And still, you know, women are going with problem periods and stuff and are just told it's normal or it's anxiety. Like Rachel, Heber also advocates for a personalised approach for women. A one-size-fits-all program just doesn't work. And Rachel and Heber are not just saying this to promote their businesses. Actually, we're going to need a lot more physios specialised in this space in order to keep up with the demand. As Heber says, we don't have enough such physios in Australia. So I, I don't think there can ever be enough because look at how many millions of women there are in Australia and there's not millions of pelvic floor physios. There's thousands. But the good thing is that we are growing. So when I first started pelvic floor physio, which now is actually like my 10-year anniversary of being a pelvic floor physio, literally 10 years, wow. When I first started, it was November 2011. It was November 2011 when I embarked on this journey. So 10 years ago when I first started, there wasn't that many, right? Uh, It was very niche. It still is niche, but it was even more niche, right? So I think a personalised approach for every woman is definitely something that I would push more for, which is essentially every woman to see a pelvic floor physio, every woman to have the opportunity to see a pelvic floor physio once, who can then make a specific diagnosis and then give a specific program, right? Because the thing is that, yes, it's great, like as a blanket in a sense, to give pelvic floor strengthening exercises, for example, to new mums. It's a good concept. However, just from what I know and from my own clinical practice, like I said, my clinical practice is largely pain clients. So I see a lot of new mums who come to me post-OASIS, so post-obstetric anal sphincter injury and post-levator avulsion, which is a tear of the pelvic floor. And a lot of the issues that they're facing is more that they've got a a lot of scar tissue, which actually makes their pelvic floors hypertonic. It makes their pelvic floors more tight. So if I was to give them pelvic floor strength exercises or Kegels, it would actually make them worse. And that's what I see with a lot of them is that they've gone and they, they've done these exercises and they come back and they have these really bad tailbone pain and, you know, like their sexual pain and all this sort of stuff. So while blanket exercises can be good as a general rule, I would much rather love to see that everyone just gets a consult with a pelvic floor physio that's individualized so then they can be given this. So really... Before even exercises are given, I feel like just education, education about the importance of getting your pelvic floor checked. Just like you go for your postpartum check to your GP, or if you're in the hospital system, sometimes you have a six-week check with the hospital, or like, you know, how we get breast checks. I would love that it's just mainstream to have a pelvic floor check for every woman, regardless, because 
there's so much to discover and then there's so much that can be prevented. And then if there's an issue, there's so much that can be managed with the help of a pelvic floor physio. This is an area of women's health where we have options, but we don't necessarily have the knowledge. And at this point, possibly the volume of expert healthcare professionals we need in order to get help and support for every person who needs it. And yet in countries like France and in other parts of Europe, pelvic floor health is seen as an area that's integral to overall social well-being and even to supporting women's workforce participation in the wider economy. In France, they see the opportunity in addressing this area. They also know that normalising this form of care post-birth can give it more traction and general awareness for those who are experiencing pelvic pain and pelvic dysfunction issues outside of being pregnant. France is already having the conversation. So can we have the conversation here in Australia? When I scroll through Hiba Shahid's Instagram account and the endless content she shares, I certainly feel optimistic. And when I search online for more information, I can see so much more available now, so many more conversations and groups and options and ideas for exploring help than I saw even just eight years ago when I desperately Googled pelvic floor, will I ever run again? Both Heber and Rachel want to see more formalised education on pelvic floor health, particularly in schools where Heber says girls should be taught more about period pain and pelvic pain and the fact it's not normal and that there may be options available. Having been diagnosed with endometriosis herself, Heber certainly wishes she'd been armed with more of that knowledge earlier on. It's like you said, when, when these celebrities talk about it as well, it makes a difference. Like when Emma Wiggle came out speaking about endometriosis, it blew up. Chrissy Teigen, which is talking about her obstetric anal sphincter injury, that blow up. Like the more open we are and less embarrassed we are about talking about it, it'll just become the norm. Just like, you know, 20 years ago, you couldn't talk about breast cancer. Like it was so taboo to talk about your breasts or your boobs or anything like that, right? Whereas now, every year we're doing awareness projects, right? It's like normal, right? So we just have to normalize the conversation, not the issues. Pelvic pain isn't normal. Prolapse isn't normal. Incontinence isn't normal. They're not normal. They're common. They're common things that occur. But these conversations about them and around them need to be normalized. Women are actually taking their healthcare into their own hands and learning about it. Mm. And the other great thing is all the sex ed that's going on, adult sex ed, like Chantelle Otten's new mm. book and Emily Nagoski. She's really fantastic. So all of that makes me so hopeful because women, educating women about this is how we're going to move forward. Mm. And women talking to their friends about it because these are really common problems. You know, one in three women who's had a baby has some form of pelvic floor dysfunction and one in four women have pain with sex at some point in their life. Australia has a long way to go before we go anywhere close to what women are being offered in France to support and protect this area of their health. But the rise in pelvic floor physios, especially those as passionate and dedicated to their work and this area as Rachel and Heber, is certainly promising. We've discussed a lot in today's episode. If you or someone you know has mental health concerns, you can call Lifeline on 13 11 14 or Beyond Blue on 1300 224 636. The Women's Health Project is produced by Agenda Media, publisher of Women's Agenda. The project is editorially independent but made possible thanks to the support of Organon, a recently launched pharmaceutical company dedicated to a better and healthier every day for every woman. Thank you to today's guests for joining. Thank you to our producer, Alison Ho, for putting the show together. 
If you did like the show, you can help us out by leaving a review, which really helps others to find the show. You may also want to check out previous episodes and subscribe to the feed. Thank you for listening.